Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello guys, welcome to this week's episode of Heavy Metal Tones with me, your podcast host, Tony Evans. Um, first things first, uh, I'd like to say a big thank you to the uh, all my new listeners on the subcontinent of India. I had a huge, huge spike in downloads um, for the episode before last. I think I might have mentioned that last week, but I'll just mention it again. Thank you very much. Uh, some really good feedback about the Slayer one. Um, so yeah, please do keep... Uh, um, you know, emailing in or messaging me, I really quite enjoy your correspondence. Um, this week's one is a really just a, a chat. Like I, I think it's it's been a little while since I just had a chat about a particular genre. Usually, and I tend to be very uh, it's album driven the last few weeks, but uh, maybe in the last few months, but it's quite nice to see something different. So, um, I was thinking. And it, it, this came about because I was literally fossicking off uh, for non-Australians. I was digging through my um, T-shirt collection trying to find something where it's different to wear today. Um, in fact, no, sorry, yesterday. And um, I pulled out my Gore shirt from the 2014 Australian tour. And uh, I thought, oh, yeah, comedy in comedy and metal uh, or comedy and rock and roll, you know, why do they go so well together and had a good deep thought about it or think about it um, and it really came to me to this well firstly why do I enjoy comedy because some people don't enjoy the light side, lighter side of, of their music some find it um, irritating and offensive um, I don't know why they do that but they do I personally have always had uh, a deeper love of comedy myself. I wanted to be um, from an early age a stand-up comedian. I wanted to write the best sitcom ever written, and I wanted to just make people laugh. I used to really enjoy it. Having a big family uh, and being bullied as a child, the old adage that make the bullies laugh, they leave you alone. It generally quite works. Actually, it worked for me. To be fair, I mean, I occasionally. The uh, shield would be down and they'd smack me in the face, but you know, most of the time you can make them laugh and they'd move along. 
Um, and, you know, I've always fancied myself as, I was also going to do, um, a, a, you know, a degree in uh, the history of comedy. I thought I'd enjoy that, um, particularly uh, post-war, 45 to 59, a very specific era of time, um, because that's the... Um, I mean again, sorry, that's the sort of the Hancock, um, uh, Gorton and Simpson era of radio comedy. And if you don't know who Gorton and, Sim- Gorton and Simpson are, please, um, after this podcast, go and find out who they are. They're two of the greatest, probably the greatest sitcom writers of all time. Um, you know, if you look back at what they wrote, so Tony Hancock... Steptoe and Son, but to name a couple, you know, they're alone, that's, that's genius, is it not, right, TV, film and radio, so pretty amazing, pretty amazing, okay, I mean, I also, I mean, I, I'm a member of, uh, of the Dad's Army fan club, and I really enjoy the work of, of David Croft and Jimmy Perry, two different kind of act writers, though. I mean, they are vaudevillian writers, um, so like very much musical writers, um, right? Beautiful. Both sets of writers make beautiful ensemble cast writing. Um, uh, that means that there's literally a very small amount of actors in the roles, and um, they make they make such wonderfully detailed and deliciously uh, ironic characters uh, that are full of pathos and sympathy and you don't like, you don't dislike, dislike any of them, even though, you know, you do tend to end up sort of disliking um, Albert from Step Two and Son and you don't like the, I, I personally really find the um, Sid James character from uh, Hancock's Half Hour very dislikable. Um, you still love them in a sort of, you know, love hate way. You know, like Del Boy is a dickhead, right? But you love him, don't you? Um, for money, fours and horses. S- same as you know, Granddad. You know, he's a lovable idiot. Um, even Boise, you use a snob, you end up still loving him, right? Again, that's only fours and horses. So, where was I going? Yeah, um, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to do, and maybe one day in the future, I might end up doing that. Um, I thought I'd like to write a book on it. Um, I do collect and have collected for years rare uh, BBC radio comedy post-war. So 70, I said 45 to around 58, 60 that time. Because I also, this leads into um, why we're going to talk about um, comedy in metal now, right? Um, it leads very succinctly, I can't say that quickly, succinctly into that. Because I also have this absolute love uh, and I know people will roll their eyes, and there are people out there are PC who are going to turn off now, but I really, really enjoy the Carry On movies. I, I grew up listening, watching um, all the Carry On movies. Uh, or, you know, my mum and dad had a dirty sense of humour. You know, brothers we all loved a good double entendre. You know, Ooh, Mrs. and all that, Iver Biggin and all that sort of stuff, you know. Um, you know, that, what a lovely pair, and all that kind of nonsense. Um... But what was wonderful about the the Carry On movies is that it was um, it was the 
it was the actors in the Carry On movies, okay? Kenneth Williams as well, highly intelligent, extremely funny, uh, uh, you know, acerbic and urbane man. Um, Sid James, you know, born in South Africa, um, you know, came to the UK to, to seek his fortune, becomes one of the biggest names in the world at one point, or well, in the UK anyway, maybe. Um, you know, Hattie Jakes, who was also married to John Lemessurier, who played the sergeant in Dad's Army. Um, you know, just, you know, my favourite Carry On movie actor, which is Peter Butterworth. Very small part, bit part actor mainly, but I loved the way his facial expressions and the fact that he wasn't the main cast. He just he got some of the greatest lines. You know, Bernard Breslau, who lived down the road from me as a kid. Um, I went to school with his one of his family members. Um one of his really, uh, probably his distant cousin, probably I'm not sure, but definitely did. Um, you know, I think he went to synagogue with, with a friend of mine. Um, but really, just you know, it was dirty, fun, colourful, and a way of re- releasing the valve of pressure that the war had brought and austerity with. Um, you know, with the greyness and drabness that you know, you Americans listen to this. You won't you won't know this because war finished. Yes, um, and again, you lost a lot of people. We know that's very sad. But you joined late, and that's I mean, again, political reasons. You joined late, and um, you also weren't bombed, and you didn't have rationing, and you didn't have austerity. You know, you go back. Sunshine is over there, and you chewing gum on your comics and your. Hollywood, and we had to deal with, you know, paying for the damage, um, and and the cost of life, and you know the fact we couldn't grow anything and nothing could, houses were destroyed, people were living in temporary accommodation. It was quite drab, you know. The pound, as a as as a, as a, a, a currency, was weak. Um, we were dealing with paying out, you know. Um, help it with other nations we were doing all sorts of stuff right all stuff post-empire people did and so you reached out and had whatever you could now the way to go the reason that they were so popular was that in the uk we would go to um we would go to the seaside for holidays just for the day sometimes we used to go as a kids for what for the day um we'd all get a street that we'd all chip in and with all our neighbors and we'd hire a um coach which is called a sharabang and we would get the sharabang to like we go to margate or south end or blackpool uh, or brighton not blackpool blackpools were too far and we used to go to brighton for the illuminations when they used to put all the christmas lights up but before that so in the summer we'd go there and you spend the day on the beach what beaches they do have in the uk um you're paddling around you know sort of sitting on the edge of some brown water we think is we think is is the sea um, and then we'd eat lots of sugar, candy floss, annoy mum and dad to get us to go on the rides. And, you know, and we'd get, um, we'd pay like 50p or whatever it was to get on a donkey and ride up and down the beach on a donkey. I had some of my fondest memories of being on the donkey rides. And so that comedy, that bawdy comedy comes from that because that it's, it's a release valve. People working, you know, six days a week. Um, factory workers, office, you know, um, shop workers, um, just releasing themselves by going to the beach. And of course, what they're going to do, they're going to make bawdy, naughty jokes because they go to the pier, 
Now, for those again that are English, piers are a big pl platform structure that goes out into the water. And on that structure, they have fairground rides, they have um, tarot card readers, they have nobly needs competitions, they have um, all sorts of things to keep the family entertained and keep them away from thinking about their day-to-day -day lives. And they used to sell postcards there. And those postcards would be posted back to your family. They were usually rude postcards. But they weren't rude. They were they were double entendre postcards, okay? Um, they weren't out-and-out out disgusting like they probably would be now. They were mainly uh, illustrated by Donald Fraser Gould McGill. He was born in 1875 and he died in 1962. Um, and they had, you know, silly things like um, uh, a big fat guy in an old-fashioned... Uh, swimming costume looking out to sea going I wish I could see my little willy um, you know things like that double entendres fantastic I've got a couple here I'm going to find for you um, here we go there's a picture of a, a guy uh, anyway, I'm trying to find some one that we would translate to me reading it out okay yeah like there's a um, a really big woman on her, on her back, uh, you know, trying to get some sun, and a really, really skinny husband or slash boyfriend, and she's saying, oh, Donald, bury me in the sand, and he's looking at her, like, looking across, like, off camera to say, well, no, no chance. Um, but it was mainly double entendres, you know, it really was. And and um, I actually had a few collected as a kid. My dad used to collect them. But where I'm coming from, so you know, I know you're going, well, I'll get back to the music, Tony. You're not talking about music. Look, I'll get there in the end. We'll get there in the end. What I'm saying is that um, comedy has been a very big part of my life forever and ever. In fact, probably longer than music, if I have to be honest. But they're on equal portions with each other. Um, and every now and again, you need to release that pressure with a bit of comedy. And that comedy will come in the form of music a lot of the time, okay? Now, people, there's, there was a study um, a few years ago about the intelligence of music listeners. Now, I don't know how, I don't know how valid this study is, okay? But it basically said that the most intelligent music, the most intelligent uh, demographic of music listeners was um, classical music, and then it was, sorry, it was jazz, classical music, and heavy metal. They're very intelligent people that listen to that music. Uh, and then, of course, your, your, your lesser intelligence is in um, pop music and um, rap. And look, and that's, a, I don't know, that's a really nice thing to say because that's a, again, firstly, it's quite stereotyping. And secondly, um, just because the music is not um, complicated doesn't mean the people listening to it are stupid as such, right? I don't think that's true. Um, I think it, it, there is a definite, um, there's a definite, subsect of us of and of, of of our music listeners that are a bit like that but yeah so where i'm going from is this okay there's a link with that to and i'm getting there it's quite tenuous guys it's tenuous um there's a link with that to um intelligence and, and humor another many studies have been made about the um the link of intelligence and humor so to be funny generally i'm quite intelligent and I genuinely, genuinely believe that 
most comedians, and I've worked with a lot of them, I used to work in the film industry, TV industry, is a lot of comedians um, who are extremely intelligent. They'll come across as stupid, but they're extremely intelligent. Um, uh, you know, because it, it, it does take a lot of intelligence to be able to make someone laugh, even the most base humour. And this is where I'm coming to in music, okay? So heavy metal is quite... It's considered quite. If you, if really, if you step outside, guys, if we step outside our favourite medium, we genre, and we look inside, and we look at people the way they look at us, there, I'm sure there is a still a large sway of the community that think I've got long hair, I'm wearing a band shirt, I must be stupid. Um, now that's really kind of echo from the 70s and early 80s, but it's not the case, is it? It really isn't the case. The amount of times you ask someone at a gig what you do, and they'll go, "Oh, I'm doing my, I'm doing my masters in, you know, socioeconomics of the French Resistance or whatever. I don't know something crazily, you know. Oh, I, I, I'm a, I'm an aeronautics engineer. Like, it, it, it's not the, um, it's, it means that what we are is as a as rock and roll lovers and as heavy metal lovers as heavy rock lovers is we're quite intelligent and if we're quite intelligent that generally should equate then we should be quite funny <laughs> I mean I'm just you know I mean I'm making big um, I'm joining big dot dots here but what I'm saying what they, where I'm coming from is that the comedy in, in metal is not an unusual thing because if if you have to be intelligent to be funny and you're generally intelligent to listen to heavy metal, it should go hand in hand, shouldn't it? Um, we do take this medium and this genre extremely seriously sometimes, and to the point where it becomes quite choking and cloying, uh, a little bit overbearing, and, um, you know, there's a time for it, but there's a time then also to leave that valve. And I think what we in the second half, when we, talk, when we get to it, um, when I talk about... The actual more bands in depth, in depth, my my favourite comedy band in more in depth. Um, you're going to have that relief that you have to release valve. You know, you're you're listening to say say you listen to. I mean, I listen to on average. I think it's something like seventy hours a week of music. I don't know, something hugely stupid like that. And um, if all that all the time is, you know, brain melting um, riffs, you know, and um, deaf growls and 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 you know shrieks and shrills and and and, and speed of like guitar solos. There's a point where you you need to let let some go. You need to let off some steam because it it gets a little bit much, you know. After a while, after a certain while. Um, now I don't listen to metal ninety percent. I mean, I listen to a mix all week. You know, prog, blues, jazz, metal, rock. Um, even some early hip hop, you know that sort of stuff. I don't, I don't listen to disco. And put my head in the bucket and go. If it's not a Slayer, I'm not listening to it. No, no, no. You, you should know by now that I have much more of an eclectic taste. But there is a point where you need something, a little relief valve, a little. There's some of that steam out, so you explode. And um, comedy metal, it can be that way for people. You know, it can also be a way for people to. Um, justify their love for this music because some people are embarrassed by their their love of, of what we listen to. There are people out there who are um, who are doing it to actually just be rude about this kind of music. There are some bands out there who hate metal and just do it um, because it's a, are we easy targets? 
probably um, when you are when you have an image as old as ours and as set in its ways as ours you know long hair black studs I mean I'm, that's me right just a stud but you know long hair and studs um, then it's quite easy to to lampoon right and and make good money out of it. I mean, there's another thing. I mean, um, comedy metal is a huge, huge slice of the um, music money pie. Uh, you know, I mean, you just have to look at the um, the, hot, the new Weird Al Yankovic Weird Al Yankovic album that's com- uh, movie that's coming out. Um, it, you know, he's made and to say these words an absolute matzah over the years with his his um parodies right but you know that's as i said it it it's a release valve like like the brits going to the beach and splashing around the water and pointing photo and it's also a, it's also very much culturally different from place to place is it not right comedy like um i don't enjoy per se american sitcoms i will listen i watch frasier I enjoyed Cheers, um, and really, I think that's it. Um, and it's not because the Americans can't write great comedy, because they, you guys can make amazing, um, hilarious stuff. It's, uh, culturally, I don't connect. Um, and again, that's another story, another day, I suppose. But again, come down to this, um, back down to music, but bring it back to that um you know i prefer um the british um sort of parody bands over the american ones um because again i don't really equate i don't enjoy the the their the nuances of american comedy i like the again the movie isn't different i mean we're going to we've talked about it before in the podcast but but spinal tap you know um it's possible one of the greatest movies of all time, uh, and so, you know, it, it it that but that's because it's parodying the British. It's an American movie, but but not if you know what I mean. I think that's why that works so well. Anyway, I'm gonna go and um, refresh my tea. Uh, it's getting a bit cold. Hang on, just another sip. I've rambled enough. In and out of my about comedy, and I'm sure I could. Do, I would like one day to just do a comedy podcast. I've got so much I could talk about it. Um, if one day, who knows when I've got some time. Anyway, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to go and get that drink, and then we'll come back on the other side after the ads, and we might have a quick chat about some of the bands that are out in the moment. Um, you know, some of my experiences, some of these bands, because I've had some interesting experiences with them, and um, hopefully uh, you'll go away and have a bit of a laugh. Because it's coming into the Christmas season and it might be fun for you to, to release some of that tension we've had all year. You know, COVID and price rises and the war in Russia and England doing badly at the World Cup. Uh, well, not actually, just Drew in the USA. Bugger. Um, anyway, that's for, that's for another day. Um, we'll talk soon, guys. Bye for now. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. back guys to part two um i thought i would just give you some idea you know i said at the beginning that i wanted to do stand-up comedy and write sitcoms i also wanted to write horror movies and scripts as well but that's you know we want to do lots of things in our lives don't we i had one funny experience with um stand-up i only ever did it once i was sort of semi-managing this punk band and uh at the time and so when i semi-managing i was sort of just helping them because they were really quite, they were really gifted but really lazy, so I was helping them sort of, you know, get get venues. But part of the deal was that I would be able to do a fifteen minute stand up um, routine before they came on, um, to warm the room up a bit. And uh, me being me um, and not doing my research, booked this. I won't say where it is because I don't want to give it away. But I booked this venue and told everyone I was doing it, and all my mates turned up. And uh, I thought, I'd written all these really good, at the time, quite apt, um, you know, jokes. I'd written a whole um, thing about a lot of knob gags, a lot, like about, I'd, you know, like like I took cocaine in New York and had a hard-on for a week, you know. 
um, and I couldn't, I couldn't, what could I do with it once I, you know, I could, it wouldn't go away. So I was, you know, put, turning the lights on and off with it and turning the kettle on and off with it. And um, I, there's one Burns unit I can't go back to again. I was doing all that stuff. Um, but the trouble was, um, the room was full of sit-down poshies eating. Um, it was like a, if you ever know the Iron Maiden story where they played at Wollongong, here in Australia and they, they turned up the club and it was basically dinner and dine thing so they're sitting, the audience was sitting down eating their dinners while they're playing, the band was playing that's how I had it and unfortunately I don't, all I can remember hearing is the scraping of plates as they were not listening to me and then standing at the bar and drinking my body weight in tequila um, to get over it anyway, that story aside, before I just let you know that's a, it's a good bit of memory for me Anyway, anyway, anyway. So, music and parody and bands. Parody bands and, and also comedy metal is not always necessary parody metal, is it? Right? Um, so they've got to sort of separate that because there's a subgenre within the genre itself. I've written down a few of the bands that I've enjoyed in my time. Okay, well, first thing we're going to talk about Gwar. G-W-A-R. Now, I'm wearing a Gore shirt at the moment as we speak, and I saw them twice. I saw them in 19. Hang on, I saw them in 1992 during the America, America Must Be Destroyed tour. Uh, the Hams, I saw them at the Marquee, and then I also saw them in 2014 at Soundwave um, just before David Murray Brookie died, the lead singer, the guy that played uh, Onerous Arungus. Um, now, funny story about that. When I first saw them at the marquee, I didn't know what I was up for. I got covered in fake vomit, fake blood, fake semen, um, every bodily fluid possible. If you know Gore, there are all these aliens dressed up in huge foam outfits, um, cartoon-esque, that make the ultra-violent stage show where they're pulling heads off the queen and they disembowel mothers and pull their babies out of their tummies and they, the, uh, the lead singer's got a cannon that's a cock and he, he pisses semen all over everyone and it, I mean it, it sounds disgusting and let me tell you it is disgusting when you haven't actually seen it or been there before but musically they're actually really heavy they're very musically gifted they used to be a punk band they were formed in uh, 1984 in Richmond, Virginia between two bands I think Piggy Stick is the one they were in originally and look it I won't just. I'm not going to go and not do a gore retrospective. I'll go one day and talk about gore. But right now, they're just a comic band, um, and he, the lead singer, sadly died of a heroin overdose. Um, but they were just, you know, the American. They were banned in America. They had albums banned. They had. He was arrested over obscenity rule laws and all sorts of things. Now I saw them. In, I said in '92 in, in in at the Marquee, and it was a small. If you've ever been, it's not there anymore, sadly. Um, I go back to London in the early Feb and, um, of next year and it's really sad every time I walk down Wardour Street and the marquee's not there anymore. Anyway, um, so you go, it was a tiny venue and you get absolutely drenched in shit and it was just so much fun, which is like, it was the most, I suppose the most disgusting thing I've ever done with my clothes on, to be honest. Um. And then I saw, uh, in, not in, in 2014, we were at Soundwave, and my daughter's boyfriend um, and his mates were there, and I was there with Karen, and, and we were going to see Gwar, and I said, well, look, I said to Karen, we're going to stand right back, I'm not getting you covered in this crap, you don't want that today. 
Um, but I told the guys to go right to the front. <laughs> and, <laughs> sorry, just, Will, Will's got glasses, my daughter's boyfriend, and it was, <laughs> he couldn't see out his glasses. Um, anyway, oh, it was quite funny. The Queen, they pulled the Queen's head off and they, they, they got the Governor General and they disemboweled him and they... He sent these the, the the blood cannon and the piss cannon into the audience. It was hilarious. Anyway, after we saw them, we saw them later on in the, at that same gig. And I think we were going to see Eamon Armath, and um, they come up towards us, and you could see his scowl. He was so angry, and he's he's like, "Oh, why did you tell us to stand there? It's disgusting. Look at the mess we're in." And I, I you know, smirked and I walked on. I thought, "Well, there you got to learn a lesson, aren't you?" Right. But about two two days later, after the vet, we got back from Sydney. And Will calls me and he goes, "Oh, um, can I borrow your Gore albums? We really, you know, we really, really want, we really want to start listening to them. They're really cool." And then he, then he died. Um, this is Dave Murray Brookie, that is. And uh, he was upset. I remember him saying to me, "We just found them, and now they're dead. He's dead." I smirked inside. I thought, "Well, okay, so you, 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 you got, you understand the joke, right?" I should have probably warned you, but I, why, why would I? I, mean, I had to have a bit of a chuckle to myself. It was a long, hot day. Um, yeah, so I saw them in that t- twice, and I think they're the pinnacle of what you would call shock, hot, shock rock, right? Um, there's, a, there's a whole another sort of um, subsect, isn't there? Shock rock albums, shock rock stuff. But I think just in general, they're also quite funny, and it's just a joke. But they also play their music with in, in ferocious intensity um brilliant to see live um you know would i would i play a gore album every day no um would i put one on if i needed to release some tension just had enough yeah because i would absolutely brilliant so if you want to start somewhere with a joke band go there and then i've got ailstorm now ailstorm are in the country at the moment Friends, in fact, my colleague has just gone to see them. A friend of mine has just gone to see them. I'm not a fan. Uh, I don't really like um, the pirate stuff. The musically, they're interesting, and again, they're a fun band. But they play their music very much. They're very much a gifted musicians. You know, like I know that um, the guys at Trivium, Trivium really like the bad guys, and they hang out a lot with each other. They're a gifted, gifted guitarist. They make a. They play a really decent form of thrash it's just that silliness and and in metal honestly some of the silliest things in metal are actually in thrash aren't they i think thrash leads itself to an era of stupidity because of the it's that sort of um amphetamine speed um madness of the music and the genre that sort of plays towards it the lunacy the high-topped um sneakers and the tight grey jeans and the you know the Wayne's world of this and I would you know what I'd probably put Wayne's world in that thrash era era because that sort of was that time when it was being born was the Wayne's world time you know I mean they'll say it's more like your Aerosmith but I'd, I'd say it's more your your thrash I mean let's be honest I mean um Anthrax often known for a good laugh you know weren't they you know Obviously, it was a serious side of thrash with, as I said before last week, like Slayer and, and things. But even even um, Metallica had a, a you know a funny side to them. Doing a you know they they weren't always dark and heavy. I mean, Anthrax did a great cover version of um, 
on the good shit venus by the six pistols which is the b-side to um come on everybody the the um the Sid Vicious song released once John Lydon left it's it's an absolute cracker of a, of a, a version of it um, and then of course you get things like really weird bands like Mac Sabbath where it's Ronald McDonald singing Sab- McDonald's themed Black Sabbath ripoffs now I didn't get to see them they were playing at the basement about six years ago and I was like yeah no I oh, no maybe less than six years ago oh I won't go no it doesn't seem my kind of thing. I really regret it because I reckon it would have been absolutely hilarious. Of course, then you look at them, and then you've got bands that just right rawly rip off. Um, one of the, and there's one here that rips off the worst band of all time, but at the same time, does better than that, and it gets even worse than they are. And that's Cannabis Corpse. Um, you know, you know my theory on Cannibal Corpse. Um, I'd rather sew my nuts to a wall. Um, be honest, awful. Um, now. I don't want to alienate, alienate you, the Cannibal Corpse fans out there. If you like it, you like it. I just don't know. I just think, I think um, banging my head with a brick hammer uh, would probably give me more pleasure. Um, then you, of course, we can't can't go past the sort of the the multimedia versions of these bands like Def Clock. You know, I mean, everyone, about everyone knows Def Clock. If you don't know Def Clock, it's a black, it's a heavy metal cartoon. Um, I'm, I'm not going to tell you any more about it. I want you to go and find it out. It is fucking brilliant. It is hilarious. And they actually had a band. Um, and it's very much like Spinal Tap. So there's a, Spinal Tap's in that, also in that genre. And so is Bad, ta- uh, bad Taste, right? Bad News, sorry. Um, bad, bad Taste is a movie by Peter Jackson. Um Bad News, uh, Def Clock and Spinal Tap, you know, the trivium of uh, of um, comedy heavy metal that actually produced albums and actually produced music. So it's not just watch on TV, they actually went in the studio and recorded. So in theory, they're probably the, the pinnacle of the, rock, of the comedy rock and roll bands, right, of the heavy metal bands. And then you've got, like, I, I come across one the other day, oh man... This made me chuckle. There's a band called Nana War, and they just basically do Nana War covers, but like dressed as old grannies. Oh my god, it's it's brilliant. It just I couldn't take my eyes off the videos on YouTube. You can check them out. And then there's like Tenacious D. I never really got. I mean, I remember when Best Song in the World came out, and I Greatest Song in the World is it? Yeah, whatever. When it came out, I was enamoured by it you know when I bought it it was actually brilliant I liked the lyrical breakdown I liked Dave Grohl playing the devil in the video it was something I'd never heard like that anything like that before it was catchy um, and it had you know but there's only so many there's only so much um, you can get from um, um, black before you go oh Look, that's enough. I can't do you anymore. I mean, I love him in School of Rock, and it's one of our favourite famous family's favourite movies. Um, but he just does all that kind of strange sort of um, a cappella stuff that just I don't know leaves me cold. But that particular song, fantastic. Um, so you sort of the, you can also the Tenacious D also kind of wraps up in that sort of film based one as well, I suppose, if you want to be kind of thing because they have made a movie from it, which is again. So this is a really big... I'm making some big, bold statements today, but one of the worst movies I have 
ever seen in my entire life his pick of destiny and the fact that Dio was in it and one of his last things he ever did what a horrible thing it is an abomination unto the Lord um, my friends um, if there is a Satan and he's playing with us he made that movie no he didn't because it would have been fun if he'd made it um, no it's just awful awful mess um, and then of course the, the one that um, that we've all seen I'm sure we've all seen and the one that makes the most and, and this goes this one goes right back to where I started off with the carry on movies and the um, and the picture po and the postcards and the double entendres the kings of that are American band Steel Panther now I've seen Steel Panther three times now I probably will never do it again. There's only so much that you can actually take of that. Um, again, it's it, it, because it's one dimensional. It's funny, but then it doesn't last that long. It's like I don't know. It's it's like um like a really cheap beer. You know, it tastes okay, gives you slight bars, but then afterwards, after a few minutes, it gives you a really bad headache. And I think that's very much like that actually. I think that uh, Steel Panther is the Budweiser of, our, of, of heavy metal, isn't it? Um, and sorry, Americans, no, I'm not having a go, but Budweiser gives me a headache. That's, that's the reason I'm saying that. It could have been any beer that gives me a headache. Enough beer will give you a headache. Yes, I know. Looking at me like that. I'm talking about after one of them. And I'm not, I'm not a lightweight, okay? Just one of them gives me a headache. I've got a hangover while drinking it. Um, anyway. Steel Panther, so three times. I mean, of course, if you want to see titties and lots of them in the live, then go and see a Steel, pa Steel Panther concert because when they get all the girls up on the stage and they all raise their tops, I mean, it's just the way it is. There was a moment, though, in both gigs, both times I went. The first time, no, the second time, was at Soundwave and I, I was standing in the middle of this field in the, the arena Sorry, in Sydney. Um, so Soundwave was a, was a festival, guys, for those who don't know it. Um, and there was these like teenage boys next to me, like one on one left-hand side, one in front of me, and a, and a really tall, rather attractive brunette, um, quite well endowed in the busty department as well, I might add. Um, and the I remember because... The, the lead singer says, show us your tits. And she just lifted her top up. Now, there's this 16-year-old boy. I reckon he was 16. He could have been much older than that, maybe 17. And I I nudge him. And he looks to the left. And there he is. Look at, he's probably seen the first pair of live boobs in his entire life. And it was hilarious. You know, like, I think you could have knocked him over with a feather. Second time. It was very funny. Same thing. We were in a venue in Sydney. I think we were at the... Could have been Horden Pavilion. It might have been... No, no, it was the Metro. And there's getting a kid next to me. And and, 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 and he, the, a woman two rows up, just up from us, does the same. He pulls the top up. He looks over. Now, I didn't know this. He's with his mum. Now, now... Don't hold back, guys. His mum didn't raise the top. No, his mum. <laughs> he looks over 
And then we're in Miami because it went quite quiet. And I hear him go, well, it, it, well it, there was a big expletive that said that. It sounds like duck. Flew out of his mouth extremely loud. Um, and his mum just grabs him and pulls him out of the crowd. And they just go out. And never saw I didn't see him again. <laughs> oh. Now they unfortunately, I think, the reason I can't do them on great, great amounts is because they are a little bit foul too much. I mean, gore are foul. That's right. That's fine. They are, but the misogyny in um, see when when gore do it, they do it as aliens and they do it with a huge sense of humor. The same way that. Um, um, Devin Townsend does it with Zorb, with um, his little alien, right? Zorg, is it Zorg? Hang on one second, I need to check that, I keep forgetting. Zoltoid the Mad Omnificent, that's it. And he comes to Earth for the coffee. Um, yeah, so, but he do it with a bit of, like, a tongue-in-cheek and a little bit of um, harmless comedy because it's aliens or whatever. But when you start, I mean... Again, please don't get offended when I say this. This is not so. I mean, songs like Asian Hooker and Glory Hole and and things like that. I mean, they're funny, yeah, they're funny, um, but they're very misogynistic. They they take they basically trying to. I don't know what they're doing. They're, they're they're taking the piss out of the hair metal uh, scene of the Sunset Strip. You know, the the um, the, the the glam based heavy rockers with the big hair and the bandanas and the makeup and the tight jeans and the. You know the 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 motley crews of this world, um, oh, God. the motley crews of this world, and people like that, um, and and poison and all that sort of rubbish, and um, the Guns and Roses and all that stuff, and so, but they sort of take it a bit too far, um, to some extent. Now I'm I I'm all, all for a laugh. I'm all for a laugh. All for a laugh, I really am. But then when someone like, um, you know, David Murray, Brookie, makes his character Onerous Orungus, the lead singer, the alien, um, you laugh at him because he's he's very comic book. He's very, you know, he might talk about, um, you know, coming to, to have sex with all the women on the planet Earth. and like, But you know he's an alien, right? It's just a funny thing. But when they're standing around on stage, um, like... Sex is sex. Sex is a. It, it can be a subject of great humor, and it is a subject of great humor. Let's be honest. We all know a dirty joke or two, don't we? Right. Um, and it's okay when it's. I think when it's. Um, I'm not. Nothing that objectifies anyone is harmless. But there's a sort of a, a point in objectification when it sort of is. I don't know how to describe it. There's a, there's a sort of a, a, a an, an apex that you climb, the hill you climb, when you get to the top. If you go any further, you're going to come down the other side. And I think that's why we was back to the beginning of the show, the postcards, the carry-ons, the British naughtiness, um, the Benny Hills of this world, the um, the uh, Kenny Everett's, the so on and so forth. Those. Um, Blue humour. I mean, they were doing it back in the 30s, guys. Um, the BBC used to have a, a thing where you had a, 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 you got blue pens and red pens, and they would 
your script would no script could be passed and broadcast until it was read by the censorship board and and then edited it and it would um you would cross through the words with a blue pen and you, no you can't have that max miller um one of the greatest post-war probably probably the greatest pre-war comedians of them all who actually sort of straddled both ends of of the war both sides of the war uh, was well known for his blue book because he would have he's a lot of his jokes at that time they probably weren't that you know dirty uh, compared to now were censored heavily i mean um if you want to go back to you know uh comedy and music that was offensive you can go back to um george formby now george formby i love i love george formby movies okay um and you know he'd do that song you know uh, when i'm cleaning windows i mean some of the lyrics in that song some of the things i'd see and do while they couples bill and coo um when i'm well i see when i'm looking through when i'm cleaning windows it's basically inferring that he's watching people have sex right okay so and back then very shocking because this is the, this is the you know 38 39 so on um and the Brits did that a lot. The Americans, not so much, because the Americans had, you know, your Lauren Hardy and your um, and your Stooges and so on. Wonderful, wonderful. I bloody love Lauren Hardy. In fact, one of my some of my fondest memories of watching Lauren Hardy movies with my dad on a Sunday afternoon. Um, but there's a point. So, Steel Panther for me, musically really fun, very good heavy metal music, just basic standard fare. But they take it a little bit too far, and it becomes. Um, I mean, there were lots of women at her their gig, so clearly it doesn't objectify people too much. And not everyone hates it. There are people out there. There are ladies out there and gents who find it brilliant and hilarious. Good on you. More power to you. But obviously, there are others that will think the other way, and it's not as much fun for me. A friend of mine. A friend of mine's actually on the inside of one of their covers. He. He pre-ordered an album in Australia. There's Dave. He pre-ordered it early, and he got in his name in the in the notes, the liner notes. Pretty cool. Um, and I don't quite. And it's funny because I don't equate Dave as a fan of Steel Panther. I think it, he would um, maybe find it a little bit too on the nose. But anyway, that's that's look, that's comedy in music. Okay, guys, I've scored over very thinly, gone over different things and pieces, bits and pieces. Um, there's been comedy in, and sort of, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, parody in in all since forever, right? Um, but heavy metal seems to have its fair share because uh, heavy rock, because of as I said, because of the intelligence side of it. I think people because to make people laugh, you generally have to be quite intelligent. Um, and I know there is a there is a factor of people that are not that just say knob gag after knob gag and point in the right direction and get you know get the easiest common denominator but most of us don't most of us grew up enjoying things like mel brooks and monty python and um you know things like that where you, you we sort of had to think a bit about the joke um mel brooks is one of my favorite directors of all time in fact um um high anxiety is one of my favorite movies of all time but it's absolutely brilliant unfortunately people go straight to blazing saddles straight to the fart scene or or the mongo scene um and you know don't overlook classics like high anxiety or the 12 chairs or 
um, you know, things like that. Um, or they go to Spaceballs or Hollywood Men in Tights. Ugh. Robin Hood Men in Tights. It's like, ugh. You know, um, it's a generational thing, I think, maybe. I mean, I I love Spaceballs. I saw that on Boxing Day when I, when I came out and I was a kid. I was like 13, I think, maybe 14. And I loved it because it was a parody on Star Wars and I love Star Wars. I loved Star Wars at the time, I should say. Um, you know, it was quite funny. Um, I thought that um, Hollywood, uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights... Why do I keep saying Hollywood? Robin Hood Men in Tights is just terrible. Absolutely terrible. It's like trying to mix um, Holy Grail with Blazing Saddles, but on a lower budget with uh, not really caring. It's like when he made um, that Dracula, Dead and Loving It. That's another one that's terrible. I mean, you take, take Leslie Nielsen, brilliant, brilliant Leslie Nielsen, and you put him in that, and it just it just fizzles. It goes nowhere. It's just... it's. Like Young Frankenstein, is it for horror comedy parodies? Young Frankenstein is it, right? It was like, why bother anymore? It's been done, right? Um, I went to school with. On a side note, I went to school with um, with uh, Marty Feldman's cousin. Um, Justin, if you listen to this, you remember. I think it was Philip. No, was it Philip? If it was Philip, was his cousin? You'd remember what we're talking about. You'll remember. I'm sure you will. Chat to me in the in the group chat. Tell me who it was. I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, it definitely was, but I can't remember who, which what his name. I think maybe George. Could have been his name. Gregory. It was a G word, maybe. Anyway, that aside, I went to school. I know because he kept saying that. Kept pointing to, um, telling me on the school bus on the way home. Because he lived in Hampstead, I think. Yeah, he did. He lived in Hampstead, or round the back there, somewhere very posh. That was always the last one off the school bus, because I was living in, I lived in Darrow Town, you know, the rough part of London. Um, I didn't really live in Hendon, it was quite posh. It just had a, I just like to think it was um, rough, because it gives me more kudos, right? <laughs> it's a Jamie Oliver, Oliver effect, you know. The, what they used to call mockneys. Um, my dad calls them mockneys, and I think that's very apt. I'm not a Mockney, no, by no means. I'm a combination of a Cockney and a North, and, and North London family, so I'm, I'm proud of both. Um, anyway, I rabbited on. I said enough. Um, go and find out some and enjoy some comedy and music. Um, I hope it sort of enlightened you a bit. I hope you think, oh, I might go and try some of that. Uh, you know, because don't, because as I said, there are some of us out there that are so you know, hardcore that we don't turn off. And I think sometimes you've got to look at the outside and look in um, to, 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 to to see the true colours when you look out, yeah? Um, ooh, there's a bit of philosophy I've to come up with. Um, anyway, that's enough today. So, next week's episode is going to be, it's gonna, this is going to release on the 7th of December and it's... Um, it's a tribute to one of my musical idols that died in um, 2016 um, on that day, on the 7th of December, and that is uh, Greg Lake. Um, I've, I'm not going to tell you more. He of Emerson, Lake and Palmer. He recorded albums with Gary Moore, with Cozy Powell, with, you know, so it's Heavy Metal Connections, um, but it's a, it's going to be a rubber sort of quite um, it's going to be a, 
a wonderful episode because I'm going to really sort of enjoy talking about him, but I'm also going to be sad because it will remind me that he's gone. Um, anyway, that's next week's episode, week after next, well, sorry, next week's episode, I should say, not week after next, I'm recording this now for, for Wednesday, you doofus, um, smacks head off camera. Uh, yes, yeah, so enjoy your week, enjoy listening to some comedy music let me know what you're listening to what you listen to as a, a bit of a relief a light relief um and uh and yeah keep safe and thank goodness it's summer see you guys deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.